Hi, I'm Doug Weiss. And I'm Alvian Lyons. This is Love Life. The other day, Alvian and I were on a radio interview show in Norfolk, Virginia. And the topic was the role of relationships in health. We had, as one of our co-conspirators in this conversation, <laughs> Dr. Keith Newby, a cardiologist mm-hmm. and frequent uh, uh, contributor to that show, Another View with Barbara Hamley. And it was a fantastic conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I found uh, Albion's comments in particular um, <laughs> in, incredibly insightful as they bore on the subject of how... Uh, we can, in relationship, whether that's a committed relationship or marriage, uh, literally contribute to the health and well-being of our partner. Mm-hmm. So maybe I will start off by asking you, if you wouldn't mind, Albion, to, to take up that topic again. What, what makes for a healthy relationship that, that will build both emotional and physical health? Well, I think that a lot of it has to do with the way that we treat one another and the things that come with what it means to love. And when one loves, it's not just about yourself anymore. It becomes about the needs and uh, the wants of the other individual, that you are able to put someone else before yourself. Now, that's not to suggest that you forget who you are in the midst of the relationship, but it is to say that it's not about just self-fulfillment. But love is really about the investment in the wholeness and the restoration of someone else uh, through our commitment to them, which can be seen very much in both romantic and friendship relationships. Uh, We were talking yesterday about uh, Susan Pinkert, who did um, some research on the secret to longevity, and that her research yielded information to suggest that above quitting smoking and the flu shot and drinking and even exercise was having real connection with another, another individual. Because it's in that connection that there's a different level of accountability that says that I will take care of me because I love you enough to want to be present. Mm -hmm. I teased about my husband in that he used to always say that he wanted a motorcycle. And I refused to let him get a motorcycle. So instead, I got this beautiful print of a motorcycle that I put up in our library (laughs) because that is the closest you're going to get to a motorcycle. (laughs) Because I love you too much to want you to be gone. Yeah. And love has a way of, in that same kind of protective, stay here, be with me, has a way of saying, hey, you don't look good. Let's go visit a doctor. You, you're sounding a little different. Is something wrong? Mm-hmm. I see something on your face. Baby, what's going on? Love has a way of investing beyond the superficial that allows for us to take care of ourselves better than we would have if we were alone. Yeah. Well, certainly the root of this is loving yourself. Oh, absolutely. Loving yourself enough to be able to sustain a committed relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and part of that is not just your emotional health, but, but your physical health. But let me put a fine point on this because sure. our, our question for the day is really, can love heal you? Now, I'm not talking about, for our, for our listeners, the laying on of hands here. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're not just talking about spiritual healing. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think we are talking about... In that in, kind in, of... In, in, but not in that way. That's right, exactly in right. in that kind of way. But I think, um, you know, I want, the fine point I want to put on this is, you know, can, can someone who is literally physically ill 
be healed by love. And I, and I want to tell a quick story sure. because I think that, that uh, it, m- my experience with this was uh, many years ago working as part of a team that did counseling for um, uh, cancer patients. Mm. Uh, my wife at the time had uh, cancer and uh, I was asked because I had training uh, uh, to be part of a team that would counsel. And in this case, I was assigned to a group of of, uh, uh, of men who, um, have, some were cancer survivors, some were caregivers. Um, and, uh, and one man told an incredible story. And the story was that he had been diagnosed with a, a, a grade four terminal cancer and was in the hospital and near death. Mm. And he wanted to go home because he wanted to be with his family, particularly his wife, but his children. He didn't want to die in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he asked the doctor, what do I have to do to be able to, to get out of here? Will you discharge me? And the doctor said, well, you're running a fever. You're prone to infection. We would take such a risk in your last days to move you. Right. Uh, and maybe the doctor just sort of invented this as a threshold, but said to him, your temperature has to be normal before I'm going to let you take that chance. And so this fellow said he, he, he lay in bed and he thought about that. And he said, well, I'm going to make my temperature go down. Hmm. And as he described it, his words, he willed his temperature to normal. And in fact, within a few hours, it went from... Uh, uh, quite above normal to normal. And he was discharged. He went home, and he's with his family, and he got to thinking about what had just happened. And his thought was, if I can will my temperature down, I can will the disease away. Mm. Well, the only thing I can tell you was that it had been 11 years since that incident when I met this fellow. Wow. And it's an incredibly inspiring story. We know that there are instances of spontaneous remission Absolutely. of diseases and Absolutely. things that happen that are beyond our understanding. I'm not here to try and suggest that I know what was at work there. But I do know that the depth of emotion that was involved, even as he told this story 11 years later, it was evident that his love for his family, his love for his wife, were so great that his will to live quite literally was energized by this. And we hear from doctors all the time Absolutely. about the, the immune response. So, mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts and on I, that? And I think that's such a great point to make in that there's so many of us who have had very difficult periods of time in our life, physically difficult periods of time, being ill of various sort, going through challenges of various sort. And... If you're a mother, it's amazing what you can set aside because you need to be there for your children. You can have all kinds of things that are going on for you, but because of how you love your child, Mm. you are able to literally set aside your flu. You're able to set aside whatever your issue is. It It, happens all the time. And I want to interject here for uh, our listeners who may not know this. You've spoken about this before on the podcast that you've not just talking the talk here you've walked that talk haven't you absolutely i have both on 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 two different levels i have gone through some some significant medical challenges myself years ago and i have a a son who is a juvenile diabetic by medical terminology um and having had to 
move through whatever was going on with me because he needed me, that it just, it almost doesn't matter what you're feeling or what you're going through because there, the love you have for your child is so substantive that it is your air. It is your breath. It is your energy. It keeps you going. And then conversely, the love that my son had for me or has for me and my husband, um, there was a period of time in which his blood sugar had dropped so severely low that we almost lost him. Mm. And in his seizure, he could see quite literally to whatever is on the other side. And he spoke to whatever that was to say that I don't want to go with you. I don't want to go with you. I want to stay with my mommy. Mm. And to have such love that you will speak to death to say to it that this is not my time to go because I'm not finished loving here. I, I can't even begin to put in words the gravity, the intensity, the weightiness of how powerful love can be. And anybody who has suffered addiction, mm-hmm. anybody who's been through really the edge of things will often say to you that there, it was some, some kind of love in their life that pulled them back from that edge and gave them a reason to keep going. Yeah. I don't want to go to the dark side here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to take up the obverse of this, it's also, I think, true, and many of us have had this experience, of watching uh, what I call toxic relationships. Yes. Well, it's appropriate Literally for you destroy to acknowledge people. that. Literally destroy people. Yep. It's appropriate to acknowledge that. It literally to destroy people's health. Mm-hmm. The stress and worry and the constant clash right. between people. Um, and you spoke beautifully uh, in our radio interview the other day about, about how loving fulfills certain fundamental needs. These are bi-directional. They're different for men and women. Right. But when those needs are being met, people blossom. They feel better, they feel better about themselves, they feel better about their lives, and they are, in fact, physically better. And we know that from a number of studies that all of these things that we we, we think to be true are, in fact, at least statistically proven, mm-hmm. that people will live longer, that they there's less incidence of uh, cardiovascular disease, Absolutely. so forth and so on. Um, so, so talk a little bit if you would about some of the points you made yesterday about how men and women reinforce or fail to reinforce uh each other and either create a a, a nurturing relationship or a toxic or a toxic relationship. one yeah i think that it's um it's important for us to recognize that while we as men and women may ultimately want the same things in terms of our love and fulfillment we sometimes come about them in different directions and that men particularly i use the acronym race men are naturally competitors and there are some some things that are fundamental to who they are and so i say one are th- Respect is fundamental to men. There is nothing that can undermine a man worse than a woman who is willing to disrespect him, particularly publicly. It's not to say that it's appropriate privately either, but to disrespect him publicly is really one of the most emasculating things you can do. So respect is fundamental for men. Appreciation. When they do what it is that they do every day because that's what their job is, 
most men will tell you that it's really nice to hear a thank you sometimes, some kind of acknowledgement that you know that I am communicating my love through my acts and my commitment to you and my daily ongoings. And then C, cookies. And we use that as a colloquial term to speak to intimacy, physical intimacy. It's important to keep that flowing naturally inside of a relationship, as most men are very physical in their affirmations. So we're communicating in languages that each of us can understand. And then E, encouragement. When a man feels like you are his biggest cheerleader, not that you don't acknowledge when there's work that needs to be done, Mm -hmm. but you are cheering for him to be the best version of himself. He does not look for an audience somewhere else. Mm. So that's very true when I look both anecdotally, experientially, and in terms of research around men. And then when it comes to women, there are three primary things. We call them the three Ps, Mm -hmm. passion, provision, and protection. A woman wants to be... No, it wants to know that there's a passion for her, not just a desire, but a craving where she is the only thing that he wants and nothing less than that will satisfy him. She wants to know that she'll be provided for, that I, you will do whatever it takes to make sure that we are okay, whether the family is you and me or the family is you, me and our children and extended family and whatever it is, you'll do what it takes to make sure that we're okay. We don't have to live in a palace, but we'll be all right. And then finally, the, f- the last P, protection, mm. that I am physically, emotionally, and spiritually protected by you. Then in each area of who I am, it is a priority to you to keep me safe. And a woman that has passion, provision, and protection will do almost anything for you. We are fundamentally wired by slightly different things, but we all want love. We just come in at come at it directionally in slightly different ways. Yeah. What a fascinating conversation, one we could probably go on about, but I think that uh, probably a good a good place for us to stop and and, uh, and say to you, our listeners, that we'd love to hear from you on this subject or any other that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Write to us at uh, Doug at uh, 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 lovelife.digital love <laughs> or, or Alvian at lovelife.digital. And we want to thank uh, Chelsea Washington, who is producing for us today. (laughs) And we want to thank Todd Washburn and uh, the extended uh, Love Life family. And we will be back next week with another episode. See you soon. Thank you. Bye.